The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. Well, that's Proverbs 30, verse 5. And we will get into Proverbs 30 in our study on exploring the Word through the book of Proverbs. And chapter 30 kind of changes gears a little bit. But before we delve down too deeply into chapter 30, Bert Harper and I have a very special guest, and we're glad you're listening. You've tuned into Exploring the Word on a really good day, folks. But Bert, every day is a good day as we get into God's Word, isn't it? It really is, and God's Word does not return void. So we are assured that if we share God's Word... We are going to reap a harvest. That's exciting to know. But today we do want to spend the first segment, and he's been on the radio quite a bit. But we're we're as he is here, we're asking Stephen Black to bless us with his presence here on Exploring the Word. Stephen, welcome. Amen. Yeah, thank you for having me. And Stephen, you've been with us before at the NRB, and it's always good. I interviewed you for the other program, Exploring Missions, that I've done. And uh, what a blessing it is to have you, brother. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. Well, Alex, welcome before back, you Stephen. ask a question, I tell tell everyone what you're doing here in Tupelo, Mississippi, from Oklahoma City. Well, uh, our director of women's ministries, Laura Lee Stanlake, and myself came over to do a recording on practical avenues of ministry and understanding uh, the causality in the area of counseling uh, people dealing with sexual sin and brokenness, primarily coming out of LGBTQ. And that's so important is because there's a lot of people saying that what we do is harmful in ministry as far as counseling. And the truth is, is what we do actually helps restore people's souls. Amen. Mm. Go ahead, Alex. Well, Stephen, you're doing a great work, and and we live in a world of so much wounds and brokenness and emotional uh, baggage, very often that leads people to do some pretty self-destructive things. Uh, Stephen, uh, to what degree do you feel like the church needs to be informed and speak out and reach out to people about such things? Uh, I think it's imperative. Uh, it's probably as, as important today uh, than ever before. You know, there was a shift um, when we were a part of a network of ministries uh, in the 80s and 90s where the church did a very poor job of um, helping people. And then now we've kind of come into this shift where the church is starting to be very confused about orientation. And there's a mixture with antinomianism, which is kind of a hypergrace message, and this message of the APA, the American Psychological Association. And they're mixing these things, and on the other side of this, you're coming out with people that come like right out of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, Nate Collins, forming what is called revoice. And there's a revoicing message, which is that gay celibates or a gay identity uh, needs to be embraced as a minority group. Uh, terminology used by other PhDs are saying the church needs to embrace this as a minority group. And so there's a lot of confusion around what the Word of God actually does tell us. I mean, one of my two passages of Scripture is Ephesians 4, verses 17 through the end of the chapter there. It's very, very clear where to put off the old and put on the new and be Mm. renewed in the spirit of the mind and the soul, the internal world of a person, can really change. Amen. Preach it, brother. And and the ministry that Stephen is involved in, and in matter of fact, he is the executive director of First Stone Ministries, and this is a ministry that really is doing what he just said, healing, restoration from brokenness of all kinds of sexual uh, difficulties and identities. And the key word that I, I just love this word that he used here restoration. Uh, And that's the difference in what you just talked about. Okay, I am this, but I've got to live with it. I can't be delivered from it. The Bible teaches deliverance that we can be in Christ Jesus. First Stones does that. 
and mm-hmm. and the material that we're developing here at AFR will her help and and I would say encourage churches and those involved to have a have a means by which they can educate and help people to know that this is the ministry that Jesus had uh, when he delivered individuals in the New Testament, and that's still going on today. Absolutely. You know, in his image that American Family Studios created is a movie, a documentary that deals with four testimonies, but it also deals with the good theology and healing and the the freedom that can be found in Christ. And then there's two new resources that AFA is putting out. M. D. Perkins has written a book called "Dangerous Affirmation: uh, Confronting mm-hmm. the Gay Christian Movement," and the uh, the little booklet uh, called "A Little Leaven: Understanding the Revoice Movement." And when you start looking at what the problems are and who the players are and what they're communicating, you can see that there's an erosion, a leaven against the Word of yep. God, to honestly bring in a corruption of identity. And it's always been about identity, right? It's always been about our identity in Jesus Christ. And this is really being eroded in these people. And they are telling on themselves by the way that they communicate that they don't have freedom uh, when they say, you know, I have to take on this gay identity. You know, Stephen, Alex here, um, I really applaud what you're doing, and um, I wanted to talk about this, because it does boil down to identity. And when we talk about the gospel, that, you know, if, if anyone is in Christ, they, they are a new creature. The old has passed away, all things are made new, Second uh, Corinthians 5.17. And isn't it imperative that, that we understand that uh, we are we are new creatures through being born again in Jesus, and that's that's a message that the church needs to proclaim. Preachers need to explain, but uh, every born again believer needs to understand their true identity in Jesus, don't they? They really do, and you know Paul's uh, words to the Romans in in chapter twelve. Um, you know, presenting your body, you know, he's begging them by the mercies of God that their body become separated unto God and not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed. And so there's a work of sanctification that has to take place in the brain, literally in the brain. We've seen now this new science just in the last 10 years of men's minds being scanned with MRI technology and the, the, the levels of a, of, uh, damage to the brain because of looking at pornography. How much more so if a man is behaving in sodomy and perversion or dressing up in opposite women's clothing? That is going to actually damage the brain. And the Word of God has made it clear that in Romans 12, we have to have a renewing of the mind. And it does take time, and for some people it may take many years. But we cannot truncate faith in God and believing mm. for the Lord's goodness to from faith to faith to to live by faith the just shall live by faith and to see a change in progression as we continue to be submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ you know I heard this and I, I wanted you to expound on it you know this talking about what you guys do at at first on what we're trying to do at AFA the studios put in in his image out and these other helps out ministry is to really help people and say, oh, no, you're damaging people. Finally, in the past, I would say this year, a lot of information is coming out about the damage that was done by all the blockers that was given, hormone blockers, mm-hmm. surgeries that was done. Right. And we're finally hearing uh, it's been around long enough to know and enough people involved in that, that the damage that was done is really hideous and horrible, isn't it? It really is. I mean, on the Reddit group, there's over uh, a group of detransitioners, though there are 18,000 people involved in that group. That doesn't mean all of them were detransitioners, but there is a significant amount of information. I mean, Dr. Phil had just on his program last week of people detransitioning and why they are suing now hospitals and, and uh, doctors because they gave them very 
bad information about the hormones and the surgeries. And so we, we're seeing this really across the world uh, where people are have such regret uh, that they did this when we know scientifically that the brain does not stop growing until age 25. So, mm. you know, if we're going to do a, a good help, uh, that's why Oklahoma, we just we're passing Amen. a law yeah. <laughs> uh, that this is not going to be allowed now for anyone under the age of 18. No hormones, no surgeries, nothing. And, uh, and other states are passing this as well because the science has always been on our side. The science yes. are, aligns with the Word of God on these issues. Here it is, hey, the Stephen. Word of God, ahead of science once again. Go ahead, Alex. <laughs> That's right. Uh, hey, before we get much farther, then I do have a question. Stephen, give your website if you would. Yeah, it's firststone.org, all spelled out. FirstStone.org. Hey, just curious, uh, give us a little of the backstory on that name. Well, it comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, uh, verse 7, which says, Let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And ironically, you know, that is a very powerful passage of Scripture where Jesus is underscoring actually the law of God and his mercy and being present to save. And he's not, you know, negating capital punishment. He's not negating the law of God. What he's doing is bringing salvation to a sexual sinner. And how Mm. much more so in that day would a person who was practicing homosexual, uh, homosexual sin, Jesus never had to say anything about homosexual sin because it was clearly understood that anyone that engaged in any form of sexual sin was immediate death. And so, you know, we see, you know, five chapters earlier that he did not come into the world to condemn, but to save. And so that's the heart of First Stone is to bring the beautiful law of God leading people to the cross so that they can receive the salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ and be submitted to his Lordship. Amen. It's Stephen, been I a, want to ask go, one thing I need to get oh, in, Alex, yeah. and that is in July, yep. you're going to get to come back to the great state of Mississippi, aren't I you? Am, I tell, am. tell everybody you're here today, but you're coming back. Tell them why you're I coming am. back in I've July. I've been invited to be a keynote at the Marriage, Family, and Life Conference. I'm, I'm so honored to do that. We'll be kicking off Thursday night and a Q&A panel discussion on human sexuality. And you can be a part of that. Go to afa.net and you can find out that. Alex, go ahead. We've got about 45 seconds. Um, you know, there have always been people that dabbled in sexual sin and sexual deviancy, but Stephen, in our lifetime, we've seen just the insistence that the public at large acknowledge it and embrace it. Why do you think? Why, why do you think the LGBTQ want affirmation? I, you know, Alex, will can you stay over just one minute and sure, answer? Absolutely, we'll let him answer that on the other side of the break, and then we'll get to Proverbs thirty. And we appreciate you listening to Exploring the Word here on American Family Radio. And we'll be back with more right after this break. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Robert Santos, director of the U.S. Census Bureau. The Census Bureau's mission is to serve as America's leading provider of quality data about our people and economy. Numbers 1-2 reminds us of God's command to take an accurate accounting of ourselves. Take a census of all the congregation of the people of Israel by clans, by fathers' houses, according to the number of names, every male, head by head. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, We ask you to guide Robert Santos in his work at the Census Bureau. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says when men dig down to the root of their wives' most annoying traits, they're often surprised by where they turn up. He'll start off today in Colossians 3.19 as we spend two minutes with Tony. Husbands, love your wives. Don't be embittered against them. Why? Why shouldn't you be ticked off at her? Why shouldn't you be irritated? Why shouldn't you say like, Adam, this woman who you gave me, why shouldn't you approach it that way? Because what you see is what you created. A wife is a mirror. 
and she reflects back what she is receiving because she was made to respond. Now, does that mean everything is wrong with her, you cause? No, she may have brought a bunch of stuff in the relationship. But your job is to sanctify her, Ephesians 5, help fix it up. If she worse now, <laughs> hello, if she's worse now than the day you married her, you're looking in a mirror and you're looking at your own failure. So don't get embittered against her. Check yourself and fix what's broken in you. But just like a spray bottle when you're spraying a plant, you're to send out sprays of love, or TLC as we say, so that this plant comes to life. This drooping plant begins to pick up and open up and, and new life comes. Learn how to breathe new life into all your relationships by developing a closer connection to the Lord. Check out Tony's CD series, Pursuing Christ, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. Psalm 27.4 American Family Radio Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Word of God speak Would you pour down like rain Washing my eyes to see Your majesty To be still and know Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Alex and Bert here along with our very special guest, Stephen Black of First Stone Ministries. Uh, Stephen, before time fleets well, I want to say thank you for being with us and thank you for the great work you're doing. You know, before the break, I, I had a question I wanted to ask you. Um, why do you think the insistence on the, the LGBTQ trans individuals and activists, uh, it's not just toleration, but just this insistence for validation in the classroom, in the media, even in the church, and sadly many in the church have kind of blindly fallen in line with their ideology. But what, why do you think the gay transgender activists have just been adamant that the world at large must celebrate and validate what they're, what they're selling? That is a great question. I know from my own personal existence in that mindset, living, having lived in the LGBTQ, a gay life for eight years, that the idea was fighting against, honestly, n nature itself, my own conscience, the need for affirmation because of the deep-rooted places of insecurity, uh, the the great need for affirmation that, uh, you know, a lot of times we'll pull out uh, and look at and say, this is homosexuality, this is all the behavioral issues, but when you look at the underpending issues of love, the, the love deficit needs, uh, the defensive detachment, uh, the places of being broken and they're relating with their with their same gender, usually with uh, the same sex parent. There's so many underlying issues of, of places of pain and trauma and really relational brokenness. And so they're trying to medicate that through their sexual behavior, and then they want affirmation and the demand of that uh, to, to normalize something that nature itself says uh, is incorrect. And, uh, and, of course, that's a spiritual battle, and it's also an emotional and psychological battle um, that we will be dealing with until uh, the Lord comes. And so people are broken and sinful, and there's a propensity towards sin. And then, you know, if uh, unfortunately, like most of those people, they were sinned against as children, more than 50% um, in, you know, latest surveys, used to be even higher numbers of people prepubescent were sexually molested. It was true of my story. And so they're deeply wounded, sinful, broken, deceived people that need the healing touch of the Holy Spirit and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm -hmm. Let me, if we have people who are listening, 
You may be one of them, or you may have a family member or friend that needs help because of their brokenness from sexual abuse, from pornographic addiction, from homosexuality, transgender transgender identity. They can go to First Stone Ministries and get help. Yeah, FirstStone.org. Man, Stephen, thank you, brother. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. It's, thank, uh, thank every you. time you're God available, you, we want you on this program. Amen. Thank you, Alex. Thank <laughs> you, Bert. God bless you guys. Hey, amen. Thank uh-huh. you. Thank you so much. God speed, uh, my brother. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Amen. Well, Alex, it's such yeah. a joy to be connected. And this is what AFA, AFR does. Uh, God lets us connect uh, with ministries that are making a difference in people's lives. And, and therefore, it's not us having to do it all. But we can identify these people who can help those who are hurting in so much. So praise the Lord for First Stone Ministries. Alex. Well, praise God for that. And, you know, Bert, I was just thinking about how in email and on social media and sometimes in phone calls, I've, I've dialogued with Christians and pastors that have really taken me to task for standing for what the Bible says and uh, you know we sure we love people if somebody is seeking Jesus you know i bert i've counseled with people for hours and hours and hours and hours um i remember one time i there was a family that um was struggling with a an adult son that was dealing with sexual deviancy and you know i drove several hours out of my way to spend four or five hours at a restaurant counseling with this family and with this very confused young man, drove out of my way, gave a whole day at my own expense, happy to do it. So we love people, and we're trying to help people come to Jesus. But um, if if it means compromising the Word of God, that is not a price that we're willing to pay. We do not run a bargain basement <laughs> business, not because no. of who we are and what we say, but because of what the Word of God says, you must be born again. You come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Uh, so that is so true. With this in mind about confusion, I think that's a good segue into Proverbs 30. Proverbs 30 is a, is a chapter kind of different than the rest. Uh, it is the words of Agur, the son of Jekyll, however you might say this, And notice in verse 2, and I'm reading from the New King James, and it kind of sets this up, and we'll go through it and hit the highlights. But notice what it says. Surely I am more stupid than any man and do not have the understanding of a man. I neither learn wisdom nor have I knowledge of the Holy One. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about individuals that are making horrible decisions based on a whim, based upon difficulty and heartache and disappointment, based upon the information they're receiving from a fallen world, and therefore they go that way. And here this man admits, uh, I haven't had all these advantages. I haven't been trained in all these ways. But he asked the questions, and he asked good questions, Alex, and he comes up with good answers. If you ask the good questions, we ought to be ready to give those good, truthful answers, shouldn't we? Well, we should. And the, the good news is, hey, we do have good substantive answers. You know, every it, this, this quote is 800 years old, and I won't belabor it, but every possible argument against Christianity can be answered and answered well. Well, Proverbs 30, um, you know, um, verse 2 says, Surely I am more brutish than any man and have not the understanding of a man. I have neither learned wisdom nor have the knowledge of the holy. Um, there's a praise course that really is based on these two. I'm not skilled to understand what God has willed, what God has planned. But you know what? Even, uh, it's been said, a Christian can see farther on their knees than a philosopher on his tiptoes. You know, Bert, we, we, we might be uh, lowly and humble, but when you've got the Word of God, you've got the wisdom of God. And it goes on and it talks about that, you know, when we've got, got God's Word, um, it's like we have ascended up to heaven, although we haven't, but we've got the Word of God that's come down from heaven. And then, of course, the verse that I opened with, verse 5, every word of God is pure. He's a shield to them that puts his trust in him. And here's an admonition that is repeated in both Old and New Testaments. 
Add not to the word of God, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. But we, regarding Scripture, we're not to add to or take away, are we? We are not. We're to take it as it is, look it in the context, as accurate as you can look at the historical position, who, what, when, where, answer all those questions. And I want to tell you, you will come out with great words. I just want to say in verse 5, there's the gospel again. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. And we ask you, and we basically do this every program. Alex and I are asking our listeners, has there been a time in your life where you trusted Jesus Christ as Savior? When you came to the end of yourself and you realized there's nothing you could do, nothing you could produce, nothing that you could buy to make you right with God, and by the grace of God, you can ask him to forgive you of your sin as you're convicted of your sin and ask him to be Lord of your life. Listen, he is a shield to those who put their trust in him, and uh, that's who he is, and that's what he'll do for you today. If you need help in that, there's a number. We're talking about partners. We're talking about First Stone Ministries. Now, this is another one. If you need help concerning your salvation, you can call 1-800-NEED-HIM. 1-800-NEED-HIM. They will help you. They will direct you. They'll pray with you. So, Alex, the rest of Chapter uh, 30 is amazing. It'll talk about its numbers. Two things, three things, four things, and it tells about all these. I, this was fascinating. Now, you're the English major, but I've always admired great literature. And when you yes. read this and how, how the writer does this, these three things are amaze me. These three things you need to avoid. He does it in such a way that draws you in, doesn't he? Exactly, exactly. You know, the verses 8 and 9 I read as a young believer, and it's so beautiful. Uh, remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me or uh, appropriate for me, lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Bert, you and I could do a whole show on these two verses, but I'm going to tell you, um, we know this is the Word of God from the Holy Spirit, but these two verses, Proverbs 38 and 9, Feed me, in other words, arrange my life the way you want it, Lord. Uh, I don't want too much that I forget God. I don't want too little that I sin against God. But this is just profound wisdom, and frankly, I think it takes a mature soul to receive it. I agree with you. This is not what it's saying, but it, it does say something about what America did in producing a healthy middle class, not rich and not poor, but have that where we can serve God. But no matter where you are, the Bible talks about serving God. No matter if you're rich, if you're in the middle, you're on the lower end, God first. And But this prayer is, Lord, Alex, let me ask you, do you hear the word balance? It's unspoken, but have balance yeah, in your that's, life. That's true. Yeah. That, that's true. You know, and greed Greed is such a bad thing, or being um, just um, hopeless. You know, there there are people, let me just say this, I know there are people that get in a very tight spot and people that wind up, you know, with severe, finan- debilitating financial issues. And it, on the one hand, don't be hopeless. God can bless you and God can raise you up. On the other hand, we need to be content with what God has given us and not always questing for more, more, more. But um, it it goes on, accuse not a servant unto his master, lest he curse thee and thou be found guilty. Let me just say, this is wisdom you can take into the workplace. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. you don't want to be the, uh, the guy that at, in the workplace is always going to the supervisor to, you know, speak ill of your coworkers. Um, and uh, so there's a lot of wisdom. All right, verse 11 and 12, there's a generation that curses father and does not bless their mother. There's a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. Folks, this is the woke, cancel culture. Um, Everybody that ever lived in all of human history up to me is guilty until proven innocent and tear down the statues of America's founders. Look, there is a generation pure in their own eyes and yet... They're not washed from their filthiness. 
Oh my goodness, Bert, this is could be written about 2023. It, it is 11, 12, 13, 14. All have generation, and each one of those deal with arrogance. We know better than the founding fathers. We know better than anyone. We we know better than those that oppose us. Arrogance is condemned in this way. And then 15 and 16 talks about things about give and four things that cannot be satisfied. The grave, the barren womb, the earth that is not satisfied with water, and a fire that never says it is enough. In other words, what you have here uh, is the wisdom, those things that cannot be satisfied. And he gives these anthropomorphic ideas of, of things in nature that, you know, is, is going forth and wanting more and more. So this is a, a, I would say this is a great word picture, Alex. Amen. Amen. So, you know, uh, even, uh, and again, here's another reason that we know this is the word of God. Verse 15, the horse leech hath two daughters crying, give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied. Four things that say not, it is enough. The grave, the barren womb, the earth that is not filled with water, and the fire that saith not is enough. See, these are things that will consume like a parasite on a host, anything. And sin is that way. Sin is never satisfied. But Bert, um, listen, I have, uh, I have brushed horse leeches off of cows and horses. And, you know, if, if man were making this up, it, it just, <laughs> I, I don't think just the human mind would have been yeah. so vivid, graphic, and artful in the way saying these things um, the way the Bible says it. Amen, Alex. Now, what you get, the rest of it, you'll find there's three things that are wonderful. In verse 20, you'll find those things given. 21, three things on the earth that is just beyond and not good, you know, bad. And then 24, there's things that are little on the earth, and they're exceedingly wise. I wanted to get this in. The ants are a people not strong, yet Hmm. they prepare their food in the summer. You're talking about the ones that you learned early. This is one that I learned early about the ant, and I'm always amazed. Yeah, fire ants down here in northeast Mississippi are a pain, but it is amazing to watch them work together. And then the rock badgers are a feeble folk, yet they make their homes in the crags where it's difficult. The locusts have no king, but yet they advance in ranks, and spiders skillfully rasp its hands in its king's palace. Always looked at a spider web. I'm amazed at the architecture of it or the weaving of it, the artistic, but amazing where you find it. You find it in the king's house and in poverty. You'll find the spider making their home there, Alex. Wow. Well, this has been Proverbs 30, and we're going to come back and take your questions now. Here's that number, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Stay tuned. Call in with your Bible questions. Bird and I would love to hear from you on today's edition of Exploring the Word on the American Family Radio Network. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. Sandy Rios 24-7. It's not a morning show. It's an all-day show fueled by the wit and wisdom of Sandy Rios. If you have a smartphone, I think you should download the AFR app. Sandy Rios 24-7 is on the podcast page at AFR.net. I have, you know, so many listeners from the radio show who are now listening to the podcast. Sandy Rios 24-7. You live my prayers all the time. Sandy Rios 24-7 on the podcast page at AFR.net. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. 
People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. Now these are the words of the letter which Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the rest of the elders of the exile, the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Jeremiah 29.11 is one of the most quoted verses in Scripture, albeit usually out of context and misunderstood. Something that is often missed is that it is one sentence from an entire letter God sent to exiled Jews in Babylon. What should be noted here is that even in the midst of judgment, God still provided guidance and instruction to his people, anticipating their return to him. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. You are the light, so when the darkness falls, the greatest heights, they never seem so tall, no, not at all, you're right. It's my roots that you're growing, don't want to miss what you're showing. Ain't no doubt about you. Oh, I love that song. That song just lifts me up. That's Toby Mac. And yes, Jesus Christ is the goodness in our life. We're back on Exploring the Word. Brent Austin, thanks for queuing up that really good rejoin music. But right now we're going to open up the telephone lines. And if you've got a question for Bert or myself, we would be most honored to hear from you. It's 888-589-8840. And we sure do appreciate the calls and the questions. And, uh, hey, Bert, where shall we go first? William William in Illinois. William, welcome. Good night, brothers. Yes, I've thank you for calling today. So, I've been hearing a lot for so many years about hell. And, uh, seems like some people just don't get it. Uh, they talk about annihilation, all kind of subjects on it, but... It was prepared for the devil and his angels. They're the ones that are going to be punished for all the calamity and sin they've had for thousands of years. They're not, they're not going to get exterminated. But uh, I and a couple of guys, when we were young, lit a fuse a railroad flare under a little log cabin to light cigarettes. We found out what sulfur was all about, and later on I found out that is brimstone. Yeah. People have no idea inhaling sulfur what that would be like for eternity, wow. plus the outer darkness. Yeah, William, and, uh, you, I, you're hitting I, it, I brother. The- yeah, William, you've you set it up well. So, Alex, uh, we need to warn people, don't we? Do you? Who was it? Yeah, the red lights to hell. Was that Oliver B. Green, or who was that, or do you remember? You know, now that one, I don't know, but that would be a good sermon premise, wouldn't it? It was. Red lights to hell. In other words, God doesn't want you to go there. He's put roadblocks. He's trying to keep you from going there. And if you go to hell, you'll go because of your own steam. You're going that way. Yeah, and you know, the the caller, and by the way, let me just say for the record, the Bible is very clear. Hell is real. Heaven is real for those that are born again through Jesus, but hell is real for those that reject Jesus Christ. And, you know, God offers salvation, but he doesn't force it. And um, as C.S. Lewis, the brilliant C.S. Lewis, you know, even in his own day, uh, many decades ago, they they said, well, you know, I I just think everybody ought to go to heaven. And C.S. Lewis said, yeah, but some don't want to go to heaven. And for those who don't want to be in the presence of God— there's a place, but that place, very fearfully described in the Bible, is hell. Hell is real. Bert, the caller mentioned uh, sulfur, and the Bible warns about uh, brimstone. Well, the old English word from which we get brimstone is the word burn stone. 
And yes, you know, burning sulfur is a horrible smell. And, you know, we can't adequately even describe how terrible it would be. But let me just say this about hell. Uh, it is real, yet you don't have to go there. Amen. And God doesn't want you to go there. <laughs> and there's a way for you to be sure to go to heaven instead. Yeah. What's amazing about you mean God would, God would send anybody to hell? Well, the whole idea is God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. And the amazing thing is God would deliver us from that being our destination as evil, as choice as we are, that God would choose us and he desires everyone to choose him and go to heaven. That's our prayer. Let's go to Kentucky mm. and talk to Brad. Welcome, Brad. Brad. Yes, sir. How are you doing today? Doing well. Good. Well, uh, I am having a little bit of a slight of heart surgery tomorrow morning in Lexington, Kentucky. And that's, I just need a little prayer. Well, Brad, you've called the place. Amen. Amen. Alex. Brad from Kentucky, surgery tomorrow. So what do we do? We ask everybody to write Brad's name down that are listening, that you have a prayer list, and let's pray for him tomorrow morning for great success in this surgery. Would you lead us in prayer, Alex? I, I will, and I want to say one more thing. Uh, and, Brad, I feel so privileged you would ask for prayer, and it's our joy to do that. Even as we speak, there's a college student named Zach who's having eye surgery, a very godly young man, and he's in college, and he's going to be a youth pastor. And yesterday he said, please pray, because he's, he's having eye surgery. So I'm going to pray for Brad and Zach. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you are the great physician. You are our healer. And Lord, Matthew 6, verse 8 says, you know what we need even before we ask. So I lift up Brad in Kentucky. Lord, let this heart procedure be very successful. Give him health and strength. Give him peace. Let him not be apprehensive. And Lord, we just join together. We agree together for him to be healed through this heart surgery. And I pray for Zachary Wright uh, from Texas, who is a a great Christian young adult. He's having eye surgery even as we speak. Please uh, preserve his vision and let that eye surgery be a success. Thank you, Lord, that you are our healer. You're our source. We look to you. We love you. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you again. Thank you again, Brad, for calling. Let's go to Mississippi and talk to Lewis. Welcome, Lewis. Hey, uh, Bert and Alex, how are you? Doing well today. Welcome. Well, my que my question has to do with the virgins that had uh, ten had enough. I mean, half had enough oil when the bridegroom returned, and half didn't. And then when they returned with enough oil, uh, I believe he said something like, "Go away, I don't know you." Um, can you help me out with understanding that parable? Okay, thank you, Lewis. Alex, uh, Holy Spirit, oil, anointing, uh, being ready, mm -hmm. is that all connected to this uh, parable of the virgins? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get at least these conclusions. For one, we know that oil is very often um, compared to the Holy Spirit, the indwelling. And, you know, the oil of gladness means that God is in our life and the Spirit of the Lord indwells us. So there's an opportunity to get, just as the virgins had time to get oil in their lamps, but some of them didn't. And then once the bridegroom had come and the opportunity was closed, you couldn't go buy it, you couldn't purchase it. So this is about a relationship with the bridegroom, that's Jesus. The proof of that relationship, the Holy Spirit. But the window of opportunity is limited, isn't it, Bert? Um, the Bible says, whosoever will may come. But after death or Christ's return, it's going to be too late, isn't it? It really is. And so, Lewis, that is it. What you make sure in the parables, it's usually answering one question, sometimes maybe two. Do not try to make parables answer more questions that it was given for. Usually it answers one question, like, who is my neighbor? And he gave us the good Samaritan about who is my neighbor. It wasn't on how you to be saved. It wasn't that, but it's on that. So when you're interpreting in Scripture and when you're studying Scripture, be sure on parables that you look first 
at the question that was asked or the presentation that Jesus gave in order to give that. And this whole idea is Jesus is returning, being ready, the oil symbolic of the Holy Spirit of God, and being ready. So thank you for your good call, Lewis. Next, let's go to Oklahoma. And Craig, welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, thank you very much for taking my call. I heard a guy on the radio the other day that said that there was extra uh, biblical, not biblical, but uh, of uh, the lady who Jesus uh, said, you know, uh, the one with the, that has no sin cast the first stone. And according to this guy, there is extra biblical or outside of the Bible reference to that. I was just curious if y'all had ever heard that or if it was true. I've heard it, Craig. Alex, I don't I've I haven't seen it documented. Have you? Yeah. You know, I have to I have to confess ignorance here. I don't know. I have not heard that. I'm not saying it isn't true. But you know what's interesting? Um within the first couple of hundred years after the life of Christ, there is so much documentation. Now there there were the apostles, those that knew the Lord, then there were what were called the post apostolic fathers people that were trained and discipled by the apostles themselves. Um, you know, like Chrysostom, who was a, a disciple of John, and John was an apostle who had been with Jesus. Now, here, here's the thing. One book that I'm thinking of is called Classical Christian Apologetics by a guy named L. Russ Bush. He's passed away. It was published by Zondervan origina- originally. So, Bert, here's the thing. We have the Word of God, which is so trustworthy and historically reliable to the nth degree. But then within the first 200 years, those who either were with Jesus or those who knew the ones that were with Jesus, they wrote extensively about the things Jesus did. So extra biblical means, you know, outside the Bible or in addition to the Bible. I've got to confess I had not heard that about uh, that particular uh, gospel account, but I wouldn't be surprised if there were people that were eyewitness to it, or either eyewitness, or either knew the ones who were eyewitnesses yeah. that wrote about it. Okay, Craig, thank you, and I we appreciate that. Let's go to Mississippi, and it's Bill. Welcome, Bill. Thank you. Uh, you were talking um, just a little while ago about the sermon, the red lights of hell. Yes, uh, that was Percy Ray. Percy Ray. Guess what? Amen. Uh, after, Amen. I, after I said Oliver B. Green, he had another sermon, but Percy Ray had that, and he would have that when he would preach it at least when he would preach it over at Camp Zion, which is out just not far from Tupelo, Mississippi, where they that was uh, they would have the tabernacle, and he would have people running through, red light, stop, stop, and that mm. was Percy Ray. Bill, hey, what part of Mississippi are you from, Bill? I live about halfway between Oxford and New Albany in a little community called Etta. Oh, man. Listen, Macedonia Baptist Church, I've been there, preached there, played basketball at West Union, by the way, Bill. And uh, so, <laughs> so it's great. Thank you for reminding us Thank of that. Thank you for that. Tell us hey, about I Percy Ray, so. Alex. Yeah, go ahead. You, you read Folks, that book. go to your church library and... If your church has a library, maybe you've got this wonderful book, A, a Ray for God, R-A-Y. His last name was Ray, but like a ray of light. And that biography of one of the great Christian leaders of the 20th century, A Ray for God, please read that biography if you can. It will inspire you. It's amazing. He worked for Southern Baptist North American Mission Board, and at one time, and I don't think it's been broken, he started more Baptist churches, planted more Baptist churches than any one that's ever been uh, in the Southern Baptist Convention working North American Mission Board. That was Percy Ray. And uh, I had the privilege of meeting him, talking with him before he went to glory, and uh, what a man he was. And Bill, thank you for that. That that brings Amen. back, you can tell my uh, excitement went up a little bit when he, when he shared <laughs> that. Thank you, Bill. Let's go to your state of North Carolina and talk to Bob. Welcome, Bob. Yes, 
Thank you, Bert and Alex. It's great to be on your program. Uh, just had a comment regarding your earlier discussion with Steve Black, and I really appreciate the discussion you had. But the question was asked there is, why does the homosexual community need to go out and get everybody else on board with them? And I've thought of that in, in some depth. And my understanding of it is that it's because their position is not self-affirming. We look at a husband and wife or a mother and father and the children that result from a marriage, and nobody has to affirm that. You know, that is self-affirming. It's something that's mm. whole. We, we congratulate it when we see it, but it doesn't have to be affirmed in itself. So. Amen, Amen, Bob. That, that is that is so true. Brilliant Alex. observation. It really is. Let me say this about, we we're talking about identity and we, the identity, God's two great acts, creation and redemption. And both of them have to do with identity in creation. We were made in the image of God. Adam was made in that image and it was broken by sin. And in redemption, that image is restored body, soul, and spirit. So, and, and, and Stephen used those words, the identity. And, yeah. and you've heard of identity theft, you know, and yeah. that's talking about your numbers for your credit cards and all of that. Listen, this is what Satan has specialized in from the very beginning is identity theft, both in our nature and redemption, Alex. You know, Bert, um, we've had people call in over the years that have left the homosexual or transgender lifestyle. And in fact, you and I have interviewed uh, Laura Perry, who wrote that very wonderful book, you know, Transgender to Transformed. And a number of the people that had been in the alternative lifestyles have admitted that um, while they argued for that position when they were in it, deep in their heart, deep, deep, deep in their soul, they knew it was wrong. Here's the, here's the interesting thing. All right, let's talk for just a second about the gay agenda and the abortion agenda. Listen, every homosexual couple is uh, indebted to heterosexual couples because heterosexual couples, you know, can produce children, right? So no heterosexual couple is at all indebted to a homosexual couple, but even the most ardent homosexual transgender is dependent on somebody who wasn't homosexual and transgender. Uh, on the flip side, even the most ardent pro-choicer is indebted that somebody at least was pro-life, that is their mother, otherwise they wouldn't be here. So Bert, here's my point. Traditional morality, as the caller said, is self-authenticating on its own merits. Amen. That is so true, and it is so rewarding. Uh, right now, we're enjoying our children, our daughter-in-laws, our grandchildren, and what a joy it is, and it is affirming when they come in, and uh, what a choice. that What God gave us with marriage and family is beyond measure. Don't mess that up. Receive it. By the way, if you need help in those areas, you can go to firststone.com firststone.com and you can find that no excuse me it's firststone.org right firststone.org thank you brent i appreciate that firststone.org the views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the american family association or american family radio